You're listening to Love, Shaken and Disturbed. We answer your burning, itching relationship questions and expose funny yet true dating stories while sipping craft cocktails. If we can't help you, a professional probably can. Love is a serious laughing matter, so do act accordingly. Now on to the show. Welcome to the show. This is Angel. And this is Heidi coming at you from the whirly wind of Las Vegas. <laughs> it's so windy outside. Girl, the wind out here is epic. People call Chicago the windy city. Uh, I don't think so. It gets hella windy out here to the point where like it's a it's a party pooper. Yeah. You can't do shit outside. We get windy. dust storms and all that fun stuff. Like, for sure. Like, monsoon season, it gets, like, dusty, but when it's just windy, April, May, June, like it is today, it's, you can't do anything. No. So, and it shakes the house. It's so windy. <laughs> it's really scary. It's like, what's that noise? No, but, uh, and then, like, you're trying to sleep and you hear things knocking. Tap, tap on the window. <laughs> so stupid palm tree. If y'all haven't been out here on some windy day, count your blessings because it sucks. Anyway, life in the desert. So <laughs> yeah, right? what's our drink of choice today? Oh, our drink of the hour is the classic mojito. It is uh, you know, the mojito. You know, you know what's in it. White rum, mint, sugar, Lime juice and soda water. Yeah, classic. Shake, shake, shake. Yeah, shake your booty. Mm. Shake, shake your booty. booty. You know, I think I feel like mojitos are like the classic summer drink. So that's why we kind of like, oh, let's let's do a mojito. Let's let's put a little mint and rum. I love it. What was that? <laughs> is that our new sound? Yeah, it is. Yes, oh, it is. So cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I don't know. Does that sound like a I meant bell. <laughs> I, that's it. Says it's a champagne glass. Cheers. So I thought that I'd add that in there since obviously you don't like glass on glass. No, it sounds sound like plastic. Cool. It's like dunk, <laughs> dunk. <laughs> we'll we'll level up and get some crystals soon enough. Yeah. You know, I actually have a story related to the mojito. Ooh, don't. the first time I ever had a mojito. Okay. I remember it very very clearly, and I was turning, I believe, twenty three at the time, and my boyfriend decided to go home for that weekend and I decided to stay where we were in college. I decided to stay in the college town. So <clears throat> I was feeling sorry for myself. For some reason I called like his best friend that lived in uh, Minneapolis in the city and I was like, well, he left. I'm here all over my birthday. He's like, calm down. Me and my girlfriend will take you out. So I was like, heck yeah. I drove down there and turned out that his girlfriend had back problems and she couldn't go out so it was just me and Josh that's his name and <laughs> we went to a Mexican restaurant and he, he's like have you ever had uh he's like two mojitos have you ever had a mojito I was like no I, I definitely did not had a palate yeah I drank whatever the cheap shit was at parties right. and the dollar drinks at the bar mojito was I did not, I did not do anything that had a label that had a name no. so I was like no I never had it and so he got us to it, and I was like, what is this deliciousness? Just, I was so impressed with how delicious it was, because I love mint anyway. And he ordered one, two, three, four on the floor rounds. <laughs> I don't know how many we had, but it was oh. um, walking distance from his apartment. So <laughs> we had so many 
I was, I had never been so annihilated. And I just remember when we were, were walking down the sidewalk, it's the middle of the night, and I just fell into the grass laughing. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, you gotta get up. And I'm like, I can't get up. And he pulls me up. We eventually make it to the apartment, and I'm just so annihilated, drunk. And I woke up covered in mosquito, mosquito bites. Oh! Yeah, because it's Minnesota, it's summertime. Yeah. It's my birthday's in July. You were rolling in the grass. And I was in the grass, <laughs> and, they, and they decided a buffet on me. And I was like, oh my God. So I couldn't really sleep because I'm itching everywhere. And then, but you know how when you're like laying down, I don't know if you've ever, but, and you're like, oh no, oh no, I think I'm going to be sick. Oh no. And, but I was in denial about it. And, and then all of a sudden it hit me, and I rolled over from the couch, and I just, vomited on the carpet Ugh. and like <laughs> and um is this your friend's house wait this is my my boyfriend's friend's house josh Ugh. his best friend Ugh. yeah nice enough so kind to take me out the girlfriend let us go out uh she didn't okay, care yeah. right um so there was no problems had so much fun just me and and josh and then came back he was nice enough let me crash on the couch and i threw up on the carpet and I, it's the middle of the night, it's like fucking three in the morning, and I'm looking for a carpet cleaner. Because I'm like, oh, uh, this is wrong, right? Yeah. yeah. So, You're a responsible human being. I'm looking in, like, very quietly, the kitchen cabinets, I go in the bathroom, I'm like, so all I had was, like, toilet paper, and you know how puke is. Oh, it's, like, yeah. not the easiest thing to get out of carpet. I'm doing the best I can. All I know is, there ain't no cleaning, no vomit, all right, in the, in the carpet. Not really. No. So, there's this huge... You know, basketball size <laughs> around us of vomit. Probably some mint leaves in there. Right? And I was like, oh, no. And I was like, so. And then I got up, like, a few hours later. You know what I did? I just pulled the couch forward. Oh, and my I God. It out. <laughs> Ew. I did. You didn't say anything like I threw I actually it. left before they got up because <laughs> I was so, like, ashamed of my behavior. Instead of just being like, oh my god, I'm so sorry I puked in your carpet. I was so ashamed that I... wonder I, when they found it. I pulled the... When, obviously when they thought the couch was too far away. <laughs> I pulled the couch forward, covered it up, and I left. Um, it, I, that wasn't the only reason why. I, I think I had to be back in um, the city to work or something, and it was a couple hours away. So I had to go, and I couldn't wait for them to wake up. But I just will never forget that I did that and how ashamed I am. So, Josh, if you're listening, I'm really sorry if you guys can get your deposit back because of my puke stain. So, that was my maturity at 22, 23, whatever it was, and I apologize, but... It's funny you're talking about a mojito story because I have a mojito story for you, too. Well, just so you know, I could not drink mojitos for, like, eight years after that. Oh, yeah. So, same thing happened to me. So, my mojito story is... I turned 21, therefore I could drink. So I never drank before I was 21. I was like, it's not appropriate. I'm not supposed to do it. I even went to bars with friends. You're a good girl. Oh, yeah, and they drank like crazy, and I was just like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm good. I knew I wasn't 21, and if I got carded, I'd be like, I- I'm just one of those people, I have to follow the rules. Yeah, like sure. A, like a retard. So anyway, <laughs> I turned 21, and finally I can drink. And we went to a fancy restaurant on the strip. Who's we? Me, my current boyfriend at the time, and his best friend. Okay. So we went to Cut, which is like oh, a really nice... fancy steak place? It's a very fancy steak place. Right. I'm sorry. So 
I didn't know what to order because I've never had alcohol at that point. And his friend, my boyfriend's friend, orders a mojito. And I'm like, I'll have one too. And then my other, my boyfriend's like, yeah, me too. And so we all just drink mojitos throughout the night. Like constantly, I can't tell you how many mojitos I had. They were amazing. Yeah. The best yeah. drink ever. I was like, I love alcohol. <laughs> and apparently when I get drunk, which, again, first time ever drinking, don't know how you're going to react, I feel fine. I'm very much of that type of person that likes to stay in control. And I was clearly very tipsy, and I was like, you know what? You know what I need to do so I can, like, kind of work this off because I'm feeling a buzz? I need to walk. I need to move. So I decide... By myself to just get up from the table. I think I said I was going to go um, to the restroom, and then I just left. I left the, the restaurant. I went out, <laughs> and the restaurant is in a casino. So if you've ever been in a casino, it's like a giant maze of cas- slot machines and bars and things. Right. And I just, like, I need to walk. So I just started walking. Um, which, by the way, this was my birthday, so I already knew my, my bill was going to get paid. So I wasn't worried about having to pay the bill. or any- I didn't do anything crazy like that. I, I was still aware of the situation. I was like, we were, re- we were closing things up for the night. Mm-hmm. And I just decided I needed to walk this off. So I was like, I'm going to go walk laps around the casino. And, of course, I got lost in the casino because casinos are large. And I was very drunk and probably very clearly drunk to most people. Oh, boy. And I ended up running into this man. And he's like, hey. And I'm like, hi, you know, like, I am a happy drunk. You're on Mojito High. I am Mojito High. I'm like, yeah, hey, what's up? And we start talking, and I realize this guy's hitting on me. And he's older. He is clearly older than me. I have this weird, mysterious thing about me that I I always attract men that are at least 20, 30 years older than me. At every point in my life, I have always attracted older men. Because you look like a young maiden. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> So anyway, pervert. Uh, so anyway, I'm wandering through the casino. I ran into this guy. I'm very nice. I'm very, like, jovial. I know I'm going to meet up with my boyfriend, even though they have no idea where I am. I've just wandered into a casino and uh, gotten myself lost. And the guy starts talking to me, and he's telling me about their night and how they're visitors, and, you know, he's there alone with his other guys that are bachelors, and they're having a good time. And, and I decide that, hey... You should meet me at my hotel room. It's like room 925. And that's what I tell him. Oh my God. I made up a room. I wasn't staying there that night. Yeah. And meet me at midnight. At this point, it's like 10 o'clock. So meet me there at midnight. I'll see you later. And I wander away. Like, totally chill, totally cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to go knocking on 925. <laughs> Hope if it's even I, a room. At, at midnight. If it's even a room. At midnight, which I'm sure it was because it's a freaking casino. They have a 925. So anyway, <laughs> I led some poor man astray because I was drunk on mojitos. I ended up at a Starbucks, you know, that was open at 10 o'clock at night because it's Vegas. And calling my boyfriend like, you need to come get me, you know. And they had to try to find me. It was ridiculous. Um, but I, oh, mojito. I, I just oh the mojito. Does anybody have a mojito story they want to share? <laughs> Is there a special? Because clearly it fucks you up. <laughs> yeah, you just like and it was very shameful. Do like, and say things you would normally do, I, like cover up puke, give people 
um, erroneous <laughs> random numbers. <laughs> which I felt bad. Actually, I remember waking up the next morning like, oh my gosh, I hope that man didn't go to that room. Because what if someone was there and they're knocking on your door at 920 and they're asking for me? You know, like, what? Heidi? No. What the hell are you doing here? You know, like, <laughs> how sad is that? So shameful. You know what reminds me of... One of the downsides, listeners, of being a local biggest woman is when you meet someone at a hotel, Heidi, let me know if you have experienced the same. Because when friends have stayed at a hotel and you're meeting them by yourself and you don't want to go all the way up to the room or the room requires a key, you have to meet them in the casino or somewhere. Whenever you are a woman dressed up and sitting at a slot machine on your phone, whatever, not playing, People assume you are a dot, dot, dot hooker. So I don't know how many times I've waited at a bar or at a slot machine to minding my own business, dressed up, ready to go up in the club, and people have approached, you know, asking how much or so. I just remember one time I was in Aria sitting at a slot machine, dressed up, waiting for my friends to come down and meet me. And this guy was like, hey, how's it going? And I and I was like, oh, I'm here to meet my friends. Like, I'm giving him the... Like, right away. Like, go away. Yeah. Older guy. Clear signs. Yeah. And, and obviously talking to me like, so, um, you know. He didn't say how much, but he was giving the, so, uh, what's your deal? And I, yeah. I, and finally, I was, just like, I was like, I'm here to meet my friends. Please leave me alone. And he wouldn't leave me alone. He was just like, no, no, I'm not, I want to talk to you. Finally, I got up, and I'm like, I'm not a prostitute. And I started walking away. And he started following me. Ah! And he's like, no, wait, wait. And I go, I'm not a prostitute. I'm not a prostitute. <laughs> like, like I'm saying it so loud to, like, and it, to humiliate him. And yeah. he's like, no, he kept chasing, chasing me all the way through until I finally got to a cable game. I go, I'm not a prostitute. <laughs> and then he finally backed off. But I just remember thinking, wow, what do we have to go through? Just as being a single woman in the casino. But I'm yeah. just saying, like. Just trying to have a good time. You know, uh, women, yeah, just think when you're alone in the casino, you're basically prey. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, crazy times in Vegas. <laughs> not a prostitute. Not a prostitute. <laughs> not a prostitute. Never have I ever thought I would say those words out loud, but I have because of Vegas. Because Vegas. Exactly Vegas. <laughs> Unfortunately, you do have to do that story. So anyway, what's on the agenda? I know uh, you're about to educate me on some sex. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, we talked about sex ed like two episodes ago or something, and it really got me on this rabbit hole of sex ed and what it used oh, to be. Oh, here you go. And what it is now. And I, so I really thought it would be interesting to talk about our sex ed in, at, like environment. And I also have like just a quick. Um, I need to pour more mojito for this. Oh, yes. Ooh, fill me up. Oh, oh. Hey. You guys fill her up, fill her up. Like ice in the shaker. Okay, so um, there is a sex ed documentary. So we're thinking, and you you guys may or may not find this interesting, let us know. But we're thinking about doing a commentary about a documentary about sex ed. Just kind of part of our episode, but kind of filling you in on (laughs) a documentary that we are going to watch and do a quick review on. I think it would be hilarious. So this one in particular, it talks about... uh, Let me just read a quick little snippet, kind of uh, summarizing it. So, when the first sex ed films appeared in 1914, no one wanted to talk about sex. (gasps) But 
venereal diseases like syphilis and gonorrhea were wreaking so much havoc on the American public, filmmakers took on the burden of educating adults about them. Film proved an ideal instructional medium for topics that made people blush, and over the centuries, movies were made with a wide range of agendas to prevent venereal diseases from weakening our military forces, to teach teens how to date, and to promote birth control in the developing world, and to ward children away from sexual predators. So, (laughs) this particular one, it's called uh, Sex Ed, the movie, and it's actually a documentary. There's another movie called Sex Ed, and it's with that kid that was in the Sixth Sense. Remember him? He was so cute. His little Sixth Sense oh, kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's, as an adult, he still looks like that child. Yeah, he has that <laughs> he baby did, He's face. a baby face forever. Yeah. Oh, it's really hard man. to take him seriously. I love him, though. Anyway, that's not the movie I'm talking about. I'm talking about the actual documentary. And it says, when we learn about sex, we don't just learn about social mores and biology. What we learn affects our identity and our relationships and our ability to be intimate throughout our lives. Many people look back on how they learned about sex, whether it was a book, an embarrassing parental chat, a school presentation, or porn, and remember their shock and embarrassment. Sex Ed, the movie, captures the humor and vulnerability of those experiences while allowing us to look at the various agendas that shaped the content. To get at the truth behind the history and current state of sex education in the United States, Sex Ed, the movie, examines sex education films from the 1920s up to the present day. I think, and and I think this was made in, like, 2015. So I think this will be very interesting. Because I have no idea what happened after, I I don't even, (laughs) I can't tell you what year I took sex ed. It was in the 90s, or early 2000s. How fucking old am I? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, so (laughs) I... I'll never tell. I'll never tell. (laughs) So my sex ed, I'm going to go on a a little side note, and I want you to go on the same sidebar of what your sex ed was. So Mm. what I remember about my sex ed. In school. Mm -hmm. So what I remember... This happened when I was around 11 or 12 years old, and I remember the boys and girls were separated. So the boys and girls didn't learn, I don't know what the boys were learning, I don't know what the girls, like the girls, we learned our thing and the boys learned their thing. So. I don't remember. Yeah, so I remember them going over the whole anatomy thing with boys and girls, and they were telling us how we were going to get, like, hair and become smelly, and, you know, just all those, and, and the period, the dreaded period. <laughs> and I remember them talking about that. But I remember after this whole anatomy thing and, like, the eggs and the sperm, I remember being extremely confused about how the sperm got to the egg. Like, I get that there's a sperm and an egg, but I don't understand how those two come together. Like, I did not... They did not go over the whole sex part. They went over the, the anatomy They part. went over the... Right, right, okay, it, the it, biological part. This is something I just distinctly Who remember. Who gives a fuck about the biological part right. anyway? And then, <laughs> and then, I, I think that's just like the wishy-washy way of like, this is education. Oh, okay. So I remember the part about the venereal diseases. I distinctly remember this because I remember the teacher saying, okay, I'm going to take you in groups of six and we're going to go into this room. In, it was basically a closet in the uh, the, the classroom that six of us went in, and she had a sheet over this this board. And I remember her lifting up the sheet, and there was a picture 
of someone that had like gonorrhea or they showed genitals. They okay. So here's the thing about the picture. It was so severe. A like it was such a severe STD like picture that you couldn't even tell that they were genitals anymore. <gasps> like we're talking warts on warts on warts on warts. Like it was the most severe cases. The the severe cases beyond extreme and that is what I remember and I don't remember the anatomy of the vagina. I don't remember the anatomy of the penis. They were showing <laughs> us those things, but it did not look like those things. Like I just remember it looking like red inflamed Bul- like there's bulging and pus and things going on and I'm a small child thinking oh my gosh this is what happens when you have sex this is what happens I'm not having sex <laughs> like that's what I remember about I him. completely agree oh. with showing kids that yes yeah. to to promote safe sex and awareness yeah yes Oh, but, but that, I, they, I don't think they did that in they, my school. They taught us about abstinence, not sex. So I'm just thinking, if you have sex, this is what happens. And that was traumatizing. And then they lead us into a room, again, boys and girls separated, and they show us a video. And this video was about a high school girl and her friends, and there's a group of friends, they're boys and girls, that hang out together, and they're having a good time, and they go out into the woods, and they decide, like, some boy had brought wine coolers. Okay, do you remember wine don't, coolers? Don't, don't. How can I forget? I don't know how many wine coolers I have to drink to get drunk. That was your intro like, to drunk. Yeah, exactly. I was like, this is sweet. It tastes Barlow like soda. James, girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spirinoff. <laughs> Spirinoff. Spirinoff. So, anyway... Zima. I, oh my god, Zima. <laughs> I just heck yeah. Oh god. So I remember that they got drunk on wine coolers. There was this weird moment between like the cheerleader and the football player, because clearly they're popular and they had a popular party. And uh, nothing I would ever have been invited to. So anyway, we had Harry Potter parties and stuff. That's what I did in high school. There was no alcohol involved, by the way. So anyway, back to my story. So I I remember that the high school cheerleader and the football, like, quarterback got drunk and something happened where they like ended up in a room but they didn't show what happened in the room they just ended up in a room and everyone on the outside's like snickering like oh my gosh yeah you know and whispering and then the next day it shoots to the next day at school and everyone's like oh my gosh i can't believe like and the girl essentially ends up getting slut shamed (laughs) during the movie where all her friends don't become her friend they're like you are just a slut and we don't want anything to do with you so she lost all her friends uh, wow. The boy that she apparently hooked up with at this party after she got drunk didn't wanted nothing to do with her also. Wow. And then she finds out she is pregnant, and <gasps> now everyone hates her, and it turns into this whole thing about how she ends up pregnant with a child, and no one wants to be her friend, <gasps> and the man that she actually hooked up with doesn't want anything to do with her either, and he goes on with his life and becomes very successful, and she ends up... Sad and alone, this living with mom. This was a movie. Oh my god! So that was my sex ed, and and to top it all off, I remember after all of this, they actually had our parents come in that evening, and they did a quick little presentation about periods and like how to take care of yourself while you're on your period and what to expect, blah blah blah, which is cool. Wow, like, they went farther than mine did. Uh, mine did not do that. Yeah, it was interesting. It was good. It was good, but not good because again, they're teaching abstinence. They're not telling me. I still don't understand how sperm gets into the vagina. Like I have no idea. <laughs> and I remember my mother afterwards, like 
she pulls me into the room and she's like, so are you going to have sex before you're married? And I was like, no. Because I'm thinking, sex is disgusting. You're going to get, like, <laughs> swollen genitals. Like, screw that. And pregnant. And, oh, my gosh. You know, like, I pretty much... So they didn't emphasize safe sex. No, no, no. They just emphasized... Abstinence. What happens if, the you, bad things if that you, happen. you don't use protection. Yes. So, Babies and STDs. Which is traumatizing. That's Essentially, it became right. in my mind that that is exactly what happens if you have sex. If you have sex. If. <laughs> you know? So I was like, no, I'm not doing it until I'm married. And then apparently it's safe. I have no idea. Like, so I just remember saying no, and my mom's like, okay. And that was that was my sex ed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can vaguely remember the classes that we had to go to for sex ed. I just remember one was an animation of them showing that the penis goes inside the vagina. And I just remember seeing that and being like, okay. And then they did not show us any pictures of STDs, something like that. They said that girls did not sweat, they glistened. And I remember that very specifically because I told my aunt that, and she, like, lost her shit because she used to work out in the gym. And she's like, I don't glisten, I sweat. I remember that very specifically. And then I remember them showing a dating violence movie that starred Fred Savage um, about the girl dating the cute football quarterback. (laughs) And who was super handsome and kind. And one day, I just remember, I remember very specifically in the movie that uh, she's showing her, she's getting undressed in front of her girlfriend or something. And she goes, oh, look at these scratches on my back. And the girl, her friend goes, oh my God, what were you doing on your back? Because she had lost her virginity to Fred Savage in the woods. And yeah, but the whole point of the movie was that over time he becomes very controlling, a little violent. Ew. And then in the end, he ends up killing her. And I'm just being like, OMG, uh, that's what happens when guys have sex, huh? They get controlling and territorial, and they strangle you in the woods. And it was called No One Would Tell. Something like that, listeners, don't quote me. I, I know it's something about no one would tell, no one would ever tell, something like that. Because there were many signs that she was being abused, and she had bruises, but no one was speaking up, and therefore... You know, her death could have been prevented. I don't know oh, why they showed this story, but my, I just remember being like, wow. That's your sex ed? Like, yeah, that's all I remember. <laughs> Boys are psychopaths. Don't date them. I know. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what? There is a, I do have another quick story about STDs. Have you heard about the lost children of Rockdale County? So Never. I saw this uh, documentary in college. They showed it. I don't remember what class this was, but it was about... This town, this small town of, I think it was upper class to middle upper class, middle upper class to upper class kids who all had parents that were very not hands-on, very not home. Lawyers, doctors, pilots, they left their kids home alone a lot, so high school students or so. And so they would have these mega parties in their basements and then uh, group sex, binge drinking, drugs, violent, yeah. What? Upper class, right? And over 200 of them got syphilis Whoa! in this town. Whoa. They did a whole documentary on it. Yeah, they were having so much much group sex. So much unprotected group sex. So over 200 of them spread syphilis, spread throughout the community, and their parents were all, like, shocked. 
But I just remember I, that almost will traumatize me because I was probably 19 because that was when I was going to community college mm-hmm. um, when I saw the documentary. And I'm like, what? That was crazy. But anyway, yeah, sex ed to me was very brief, very non-educational. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. God. And traumatizing. <laughs> traumatizing like... with the dating violence story. Like, whoa. Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, like, sex ed, it, for us, uh, if you really look at it, like, it was traumatizing. It wasn't a real education. Education, no. I, I, again, I had no idea how the sperm got to the egg, okay? Again, <laughs> oh still didn't really know how babies were made. No. <laughs> and apparently, if you date a boy, he's going to beat you and kill you in the woods. Like, <laughs> what? What is, why is that okay? Like, it why? Very mishmash. Yeah. And it's not organized and why? awkward for the teacher, right. which it should be. We're all here because of sex, so. Yeah, and everyone, trust me, at this age, I'm sure it's different because at this age, I'm sure your child, if he has the access to internet, he has seen some sort of sex thing. Even if you put parental controls, like, you can still get some stuff. How many shows have you watched where I'm like, whoa, is yeah. this HBO? It's not no. anymore. No, Like, uh, Grey's Anatomy or some show I was watching, Primetime, like, ABC, NBC. I was like, hello. This is soft <laughs> porn. For sure. And as a child, if you're not if you're not protecting your child from those things, it's like, they're gonna know what sex is. They, or be yeah, curious. You can't protect it. They're gonna see no. it when you're not there. They see it at the friend's house when you're asleep. You know, it's just... <laughs> There's no way. But it's just... <laughs> it's a different a- day, a- day and age because we didn't have the internet when I was growing up. When I was 11 or 12, we didn't have that. We had books. We had textbooks and whatever VHS tapes. Yeah. Remember those? I mean, Dirty Dancing to me, that was considered a oh, racy love raunchy. scene. When they're like... Are we telling our age right now? We are. We're still oh giving it away. Whatever. <laughs> but we've been... We're but at the also best we're in the, age. We're at the interesting age. I am so age. glad I did not have the internet. No. So glad I did not have a cell phone. I had a cell phone in college, but not in high school. And I'm so glad. Yeah, it, I think it... It, you basically know how to have a conversation on a phone, face to face with someone, because you had no choice. You had no choice but to have conversations with people face to face. So, I I don't know. It's I would love to hear someone's crazy, screwed up sex ed. Like I think these these stories could be very interesting. I bet depending on where you are, like the South versus the North. Yes. <laughs> the North. <laughs> I'd be more interested if it happened within the next couple of years. Like if it's I want recent. Hear. What's happening I want recently? modern sex ed. I want yeah. to hear what they teach now. Yeah. So if you guys have sister, daughter, whatever that's in um, middle school, Ask I want to hear. That's usually when they yeah. show that shit, right? I yeah. want to hear. I want to know what's modern going on. Modern sex ed. Are they actually still... Doing abstinence, like uh, abstinence is the worst program. Yeah, well, here's my thing. Probably, I I liked the idea of there's no way they're not promoting it. Right. Well, and I had the romanticized version of I should be with someone that I really love, and that's who I'm gonna give my virginity to and protect. Yeah. So I I don't knock that kind of vocabulary. However, when it comes to hey, you might be faced with this situation. Maybe you shouldn't send those booby pictures to your 11-year-old <laughs> boyfriend because he might then share it with all his other friends and then you become slut-shamed I at I can't school. imagine the kind of pressure yeah. girls are in now. No, it's different. Like, girls, respect your body and screw those little boys that don't know. They, you think we have boys. 11-year-old girls listening to our show, girl? No, but <laughs> we have adults that have 11-year-olds. Oh, for sure, for sure. Teach your daughters how to respect themselves so they're not sending nude pictures to their boyfriends that are 12 years old no. and aren't going to use those 
pictures appropriately. <laughs> they won't. Oh, oh! I don't. This is why I don't have kids. This is why I have nieces and <laughs> I have little nieces, and I'm just like, I fear for you. I They're gonna be them. just fine. Oh We're fine. They're doing just. They'll figure it out. What is today's question? Um. Oh, today's question. Okay. So I know we got a good one, right, <laughs> da- Damon? Well, Damon. It it'll be it'll spark some conversation at least. So this one's dear disturbed. I like the idea of being in a relationship. Oh my god, am I did I say relationships or is it? Girl, <gasps> hang on, the mojito is in play. Relationship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like the idea of being in a relationship. So you have someone to do things with. Wouldn't be the third wheel with friends and just had someone to connect with. But it seems like a lot of work to find someone, keep someone, and certainly be with someone. I'm not particularly interested in marriage so much as a long-term monogamous relationship. I never put myself out there, at least not since my early 30s when I was still really wanting children. Is having a relationship worth it? Would I be happier going through the process of finding someone, being vulnerable, and potentially hurt? Thanks, Perpetually Spinster wants to know. Did you say spinster? She said spinster. She calls herself a spinster. All right, girl. Yeah. Oh, is it worth it? I mean... <laughs> Long pause. Uh, I know. <laughs> of course it is worth it risking being vulnerable and having someone hurt you. I mean, I, it doesn't matter if I got hurt tomorrow. There's no way I would ever say I'll never love again. Because never is a strong word. I like being in love. I like being with someone. So, yeah, it's worth it to me because you have uh, someone to share your life with. Exactly. Experiences with. I guess I Do have... you need it? No. No. Is it worth it? To me, it is. But I'm a hopeless romantic. Right, you are the hopeless romantic. I'm more the realist, so I'm more on the... on the. So I'm not being unrealistic. No, no, no. Not for you. But I'm the idealist. Yes, you're a very idealistic person, which I love, which is what you need. But in my in my mind, for instance, I have basically said to myself, if things don't work out in my current situation, because I have been through a lot in relationships, especially with relationships with men, Mm -hmm. I literally am okay with being by myself. I have my core group of friends. I have my interests that I can, you know, I will go to my girlfriend's house and do this, that, and the other. Would I have to be alone with my own thoughts at times? Yes. Is that frightening? Meh, not really. So for me, because of the way I am, I don't really have a problem with being by myself. If things don't work out, you're going to see me become a spinster. I'm not saying I would have a problem being by myself. I'm saying she was asking, is it worth it to be in a relationship? Make yourself vulnerable. Mm. I guess. So you're saying if if your relationship didn't work out now, it wouldn't be worth it to you to do another? No. It would be one of those things where I wouldn't put any effort in, and if it happened, it happened, but I would not be putting effort. So you're still open to it. You wouldn't be banishing Right, but it, it, it wouldn't be me putting myself out there. Like, I just wouldn't give zero shits. I'd <laughs> be like, okay, yeah, this is my life now. Yeah. So. I mean, being alone is fab. Ask my aunt. She's all about being independent on her own now. She wouldn't trade it for the world. But it's like... Do you think it's worth putting her, her, Spencer, 
putting herself out there to get hurt in order to be in a relationship? Or do you think she should just be alone then and not risk it for the biscuit? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm very torn in, in some ways and in other ways. I'm like, I, I do feel like people need people. We are not meant to be alone, kind of wallowing in our own little, like, mole Agreed. holes or whatever. That's why the quarantine has not worked for people. They're like, get me the hell out of my house. Right. You know, so I definitely feel like as long as, if you have, but if you have, like, a good group of people and friends and family that you can actually reach out to, you can almost fill those voids. For sure. Without having to have a person that's constantly in your life. I am 100%, I don't know if we've talked about this, but you're, wasn't it a neighbor or, or a friend that said, hey, get yourself a lover? Oh, we talked about that in some yeah. episode. Yeah, my yeah. neighbor. Yeah. She was like, she just had a lover and trade them up every 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't live with her. There was nope. no... They both had separate yeah. houses, kind of separate lives. Whenever she wanted to go to a movie, go to dinner, mm-hmm. go travel, they would go. Yep. So you had a travel companion. You mm-hmm. had someone to Dinner go with. Companion. Yeah. You got a. You want to go to a, a, a gala. You want to go see an art gallery. She would have someone, but he wasn't there on her couch farting, drinking <laughs> beer, annoying the <laughs> shit out of them, watching yeah. ESPN all day. So, uh, yeah, she just said, "Get yourself a lava." Yeah, have two separate <laughs> lives come together. She when said you want that was to. the best of both worlds. I think I could. Her I, world. And then his when, when it was convenient. I'll probably end up doing that then. I'll just get myself a lover. <laughs> lover. I'm sure your boyfriend doesn't want to hear that. No, well, he's apparently he's not going to leave me, but if he does, just letting you know, I'm getting apparently, myself a lover. I said apparently. Apparently. Just so you know, she's going to get herself a lover. Yeah, screw Because that's exactly how my neighbor said it. She said, get yourself a lover. She said it, you know. <laughs> she's like, Angel, do not bother with getting married or committing to anyone. Just don't get married. Have yourself a lover. Enjoy each other. Have sex. And then move on. <laughs> like, so she didn't get attached to anyone. So she'd be with them 10 years. 8, 10 years. And then they would just part ways after they got, after they had their fun. Why not? If you're going to grow apart, then okay, bye. Three I love you. She claimed, asked her to marry them, of course. Of course. Because uh, you know, men are like, yeah, she's fun and she doesn't need me. She didn't ask them for anything. to ask them for money or for, you know, to take care of her. And that was really attractive to these guys. And they, of course, always men want what they can't have. And she was just like, I'm not in that for that. Who knows? You know, in fact, I'd like to find out. Well, she might be dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she was quite older than me. So, you know, I think she was in her early... Late 40s when I was in high school. So. Oh, high school. Oh, yeah, because she had, she had a lover in her 20s, a lover in her 30s, and she was just going third, through the cycle of lovers. Her third lover. Yeah, she was fun. I should find out what happened to you her. You should. That'd be kind of cool. What if she's like this cool 90-year-old now? I don't know. She wouldn't be 90. I don't know. Get yourself a lover, spinster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I drifted yeah. away. Yeah. So <laughs> Go um, back to the question. Spinster. I think it's worth it. And if it doesn't work out, so what? I, mean, I really like you don't the lose idea. anything. Yeah, I really like the idea of this lover thing, though. <laughs> That's what we're enhancing. Yeah, yeah, we're promoting here. Use and abuse it. And I think you eh. should put it out there again. If it doesn't work out, eh, move on. Then then be on your own. 
and just have a lover. Or have no lover and just love yourself. Yeah. If you've lived a spinster life long enough, you're a very independent person, clearly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it, it can be hard to kind of introduce someone else into that dynamic as well. So if you have a lover, then they're just here when you want them to be. <laughs> Perfect. Do it, girl. Go out there. Put yourself out there. The worst that can happen, it doesn't work out, and you end up with a broken heart, trust me. The best way to get over that is under someone else or time. Mm-hmm. One or the other is going to heal you. So get yourself a lover. <laughs> you know, I heard um, Damien says we have a follow-up, which I'm so excited. So, yes, yeah, so we have a follow-up. So I don't know if it was one or two episodes ago, but there was a story. It was about a husband and a wife. They were no-named. It was completely anonymous. It is still anonymous. Um, and they met up with a cocktail waitress that her name was Dana. And essentially the story goes, if you haven't heard the name of that episode was part-time lovers, part-time lovers. So if you want to know the whole story, it's pretty juicy. I don't want to like give it all away. If you haven't heard, go back to that episode. Listen, this isn't like a follow up towards that story. It's actually a separate story. Part two. It's part two. So we're going to go into part two. Love it. And we're actually going to, so again, she's keeping it anonymous. She's still saying the husband, the wife. So we're going to have questions that she's answering and she's saying like. Kind of. Okay. She's like, again, this was a long, drawn out story. So I'm going to have to improvise and kind of make it a little bit shorter. uh, Just for the podcast sake. Sorry, guys. Abbreviate it. Yeah. So we're going to call them Hubby. That's his name. That's the husband. Mm -hmm. And Wifey. And that is the wife. That is the person that had actually sent in the story. So okay. let's just keep that in mind. We're just going to keep it as hubby and wifey. So they essentially, this three-way text thing that they had going on with the cocktail waitress became a very, it, it was a norm in their relationship. Anytime they had conversations with her girlfriends, they had a three-way conversation. So it's not like, it's like me and you, Angel, being friends and the husband has to be a part of the conversation. That's what happened Hmm. in her life. Gotcha. Okay. So keep that in mind. Also, the husband still likes to go out every weekend, still likes to have parties, still likes to be somewhere, and suddenly it became very popular. And again, they live in Vegas. Don't forget, they're Mm -hmm. Vegas locals. Right. So they started going to strip clubs on the weekends. Really? And that became a th- happy hour strip clubs, which happy hour strip clubs, girl. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't been to a happy hour at a strip club, uh, it's exactly it's what you can imagine. It's, a, it's an adventure. So anytime there's a deal at a strip club, you get all sorts. It is very entertaining, if nothing else. Um, much cheaper, but also just a whole variety. Do you of- know, is this... Obviously, the strictly the husband's idea or was wifey into it's, it too. It, to me, the way that she premised the story is that it's essentially the husband's like, you know, concoct like he chooses what to do. It sounds like she he's is, a lot more in charge than she. Yeah. Is. Okay. So he's leading this yeah. lifestyle, uh, and that's just for me reading. They're going to happy hours. Happy clubs. hours at a strip club, so you know it's a little bit cheaper than the norm. Um, so they start going to the happy hour. So what you need to know about the happy hour is not that the prime strippers don't show up at the happy hour. <laughs> okay? No. So they, they happen to have this diamond in the rough that starts showing up. And because they're going so consistently, they notice this girl. And eventually, um, the husband's like, oh, I'm going to buy you a lap dance. And the wife's like, okay, cool, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun. I'm drinking. It's like, not a big deal. 
So they get this 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 diamond in the rough, this stripper, and her name the stripper's name is Morgan. And they have this great little like, you know, twenty minute strip dance or whatever it was. It was very twenty ex- minutes. Yeah, it was expensive. That's like six songs. Yeah. Damn. Anyway. And it was for the wife. It wasn't like she was like going on the husband or anything. He was just really enjoying it. So they have their fun times. It's Vegas. It is what it is. And the stripper, like, decides to hang around them because if you look around the club, there's just a bunch of duds. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how she described it, is it's just a bunch of duds. It was just me me and my man were definitely a little bit more enjoyable and down to earth. So I felt like she wanted to have a conversation. So they start talking to her. And at the end of the night, they she hung around them most of the night and... The stripper actually exchanged numbers with the wife. She's like, hey, I actually just moved out here from, like, Texas or wherever. And, you know, I'd really like to make some friends, blah, blah, blah. The husband is so excited that they now have a stripper friend. And (laughs) they eventually, like, you know, they still go to the club. They'll see her every now and again. And then finally the husband's like, hey, let's invite her out. So, and the oh, wife, and again, they're having these three-way conversations, very casual, and they're not, and she's not thinking of it as she's a stripper. It's like, hey, cool, like, another friend. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know if you didn't learn from the last time, girl, but whatever. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's so sweet. I naive. I love it. So naive. So, they end up making an arrangement to go meet downtown at, like, the Peppermill um, Peppermill, Peppermill. I've been to the Peppermill. Have you been to the Peppermill? Of course I have. It's girl. a staple. It's, Love I hope it has not closed down since the COVID. <gasps> oh, don't say such things. Shh, shh. It's been open since like for 40 years now and it, nothing in the interior has changed. It's amazing. It's awesome. It is so It cool. is a Las Vegas gem. Yeah. It, it never disappears. It's the place that you can go to after the club or just any time of day and it is amazing. It's they like st- Denny's slash Dark Lounge. I don't know yeah, how to say it. I don't know. It's beautiful. <laughs> it, they still have cocktail waitresses in long gowns. Yes. They go around awesome. and take your cocktail, like your, your your order. The the waitress can't take your order. The cocktail waitress has to take your order. Like, yes. it's so old school. It's I old school it. Vegas. So anyway, sorry, I digress. Anyway, back to the story. So they end up meeting up with her at the Fireside Lounge at the Peppermill. And, you know, just kind of chit-chatting. And the wife, again, is just like, oh, this is just like a casual, we're going to be friends thing. And <laughs> the husband immediately <laughs> turns into the leech that he sounds like he is and starts basically upping the ante and having that, that borderline conversation, just like the last the time. The last time. And, yep. yep. And essentially, he's, he starts trying to invite this, this stripper to their house to go to the hot tub. Without asking wifey? Do you Without, know that? No. The, the wifey is like, this is just completely, we just got there having a good conversation, and suddenly my husband is trying to invite her to our house, and I wasn't aware of this. Like, wait, what? Just like last time. Yeah, just like last time. Just like a little bit more extreme, because now you're going to have to come to our house. Like, what's going on? A stripper? A stripper to the house. Woo. And like, this is night. the first time you've ever hung... This is not a conversation. It clearly doesn't sound like it's the conversation This is the first had. time that they hung out with her. Yes, outside okay. of the Oh my gosh, he doesn't even know her and he's like, Come to our house. Yeah, come hang out with our hot in our hot tub. And the wife is immediately getting those vibes of like, this man wants some my hubby wants something to happen. 
Like, clearly... Yeah. Why... Obviously. Obvs. So, it, it... And again, those conversations aren't gearing towards, like, just a regular, like, hey, nice to meet you. How's your... Like, what's your life about? Like, tell me your life story. No, no, no. It's all, again, sexual and... So, banter and that Hubby kind of and stripper are having a sexual repertoire. Right. And... Um, wifey is trying to keep up and not be, this time she's not going to be knocked out of this conversation. Like, screw that. No, you, I'm going to be part of this conversation. However, she's trying to steer the conversation away and ask generic questions like, where'd you grow up? How's your family? <laughs> okay. You know, just because she's a stripper doesn't mean she doesn't want to have a real conversation. No, absolutely not. So, th- a lot of it's just, it's a lot of bullshit. And she's, she, she's trying to keep it She's innocent. trying to keep it real. And, and, you know, yeah. adult, and the husband is like Gearing keeping it sexual. Why don't you come to our house and hang out with us in our hot tub? You know, and he, oh, I don't have a swimsuit. Oh, that's okay. You know, oh, like. <laughs> so, this anyway. This guy is beyond. I don't. There's got to be more follow up to this. This is like completely insane. So, anyway. This can't be the end. I know this is not. <laughs> so. Where am I at? Okay. So, the. She's trying to steer the conversation, and he's like. Trying to steer the conversation, and then finally, like, I think the stripper actually keys in on. She felt like the stripper keyed in on. I keep calling the wifey. Her, her name was Morgan. Oh, Morgan. Was, right. was actually keying in on the wifey's like vibes. Yeah, like, and was like, "Oh no, thanks. I have another date going on tonight, or whatever." She had some big whale that she had to go entertain. Okay, nice, cool. She, finally, someone yes. reading right reading the, the reading the room. Okay. So then you know she leaves, and the hubby is a bit disappointed, and I can, bet. and they go on the rest of the night, and it's just kind of blah. So that next weekend, they, the hubby says, hey, we're going to go out. And, you know, at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, it was kind of late for when they would normally go out. Okay, cool. Like, they go out every weekend, so cool. And they meet up at, they go to a bar, and they happen to be sitting at the bar, and this other couple joins them. Now, the wifey has no idea who these people are. She actually thinks initially that the hubby knows who these people are because they immediately start into this, like, conversation and this binter banter, and it's kind of confusing to the wifey because she's (laughs) like, do we know these people? Is this friends from your work? Like, what is this? And as the night goes on, like, she's still, like, going along with the program. Like, she's very open and, like, loves meeting new people. Obviously, she's very go with the flow, yeah. Yeah. And this couple... Eventually, they go to a different part of the the bar, and they start having a conversation about how this girl of the other couple is a cam girl. Oh, webcam. Yeah, webcam. Which, okay, cool. Like, you do you, boo. But then she decides to show them a video. Oh, yes. And it is her and her boyfriend, who she's currently with, and another man. So, oh my god, I bet hubby went nuts. Oh, yes. And immediately the wife is thinking, like, why are we watching a video of you literally having sex with two other men while we're at a bar? We just met you. Wow. This is the weird... And she's getting oh these weird vibes. <laughs> such weird vibes. And not really understanding, like, where this is going. And, okay, cool. Like, I gotta watch this video while you just... What? <laughs> Not drunk enough for that. How so bizarre. So anyway, and again, the hubby is trying to invite them over for hot tub night. 
the wifey is like shooting it down that night because they got to work the next morning, so no. Okay. And so it becomes this weird, like, oh, we'll just kind of reschedule, blah, blah, blah. So they split up from this other couple. She She's kind of mad at this point because she was completely like, who are these people? Why are we suddenly leaping into this weird, like, they're literally showing a video of a threesome. Right. <laughs> into us. At a bar. When can you tell me that has ever happened to someone you just randomly met at the bar, right? Yeah, uh, never. And <laughs> then, on top of that, you're inviting them to our house? I don't know these people. Exactly. Right. So, oh, my God. I'm already seeing what is going... You, are you seeing the picture that is being painted, or is it just me? Like, I don't... No, I have no idea where this is going. I don't, no, no, no. I can't predict this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, essentially, so, does she, she wraps it up with, I think my, my hubby is trying to instigate something here. And I, yeah. I'm not comfortable with it. She didn't really ask us a question so much as like, you know, kind of like, what do you think? Kind of about, that is way she wrapped it up. Again, this was a really long, involved story. This is, like, the really shortened version of it. Really? Yeah. These are the highlights. Oh, my gosh. These are just the highlights. So, I mean, to be honest, 100%, your man is trying to concoct some sort of threesome, foursome, swinging situation. 100%. 101%. And, and he's not having... And she's not okay with that, by the way. That's part he of the... He met this couple. He knew them. You don't just... Uh, I don't care how hypersexual you are. You don't just, unless you're in a hypersexual situation like a, you know, uh, orgy. Where you go in, you happen to meet another couple, and then immediately the banter is sexually charged, and then you're they're showing you a webcam of a threesome. Like, especially when you see like the husband is comfortable with this conversation. Mm-hmm. It seems really staged. Exactly. Like he's like, like, oh look at these people. They're they're cool. They're cool, and they want to show us their webcam video it, right off the bat. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, does he know this is the con... Like, what relationship does he have to them? Like, I don't... I mean, I don't want to, like, put craziness into your head, but this seems really... It seems staged in some way. Like, I don't know how... When something's off, it's off. Yeah. And you, that, your instincts are 100% right, wifey, and I would 100% be weary that your husband is trying to seduce, lure you into a situation that he wants to present as organic and it's 100% staged. staged. So, I mean, I'm very curious. I would like you to answer us. Since clearly you're listening and, like, responding, I would be very curious. Are you... Are you having those kind of conversations with him? Is this something that you're interested in doing? It sounds like he wants a threesome or force. I don't know what that is. When you have another couple, is it foursome? Yeah. Okay. So... Has that been a conversation in your relationship? What is going on here? Um, it sounds really it sounds really odd that he's keeping you out of the loop, or maybe that's just I, I mean I don't know like I don't know how to feel because about obviously it. she's not as gung ho about this kind of no she seems situation very confused, and he just wants to kind of present it to her and see how she reacts maybe and it's just, just hoping she's down because one day she'll say yes yeah exactly if I just break her down. Yeah, and not just in a blunt way of, hey, these people are coming over, and uh, I think we should 
fool around with them. He's trying to do like, oh, look, we just met Jane and John, and uh, aren't they cool? Oh, look, she's a webcam. Isn't that sexy? Look, they're into threesomes. Wink, wink, nudge, oh, nudge. Oh, we could have them over at the hot tub. Oh, they don't have bathing suits? Oh. Don't worry, we can just do it naked. And they're complete strangers. They could be <laughs> complete psychos. Yeah. I'm willing to take the chance, because I am a sexual deviant, and I will can't stop on stuff. Yeah. Because he, the last... Uh, story that she said about the waitress mm-hmm. and how he was, they're having these lewd conversations while wifey is, is, yeah, yeah. Was ex- is texting him and he was completely ignoring that. Like, he's going to get his way. He's not going to be super over, you know, pushy and demanding about it or blunt. He's going to do it in a smooth, like, this is going to happen and you're just going to go with it. I can't believe that he hasn't even discussed, like, is it okay if I invite people over no. to the hot tub? Or? That's weird. And I don't, like, no. I'm very, cu- I'm I'm just curious, no. I guess. I don't know. If you have more stories, feel free yeah, to. Yeah, girl, part three, we're ready. <laughs> the, the hubby and wifey, part three. I would be, I, 100% he's trying to get you into some kind of sexual tryst. So <laughs> if you aren't ready, girl, you need Prepare to speak yourself. up. And yeah. you need to speak up immediately, uh, either when you're with these people or in private with your husband. But I feel like. He's going to keep trying. Well, Don, I remember the first one where she was literally like, he had me trained where I knew not That's to right. make a scene. That's right. Not to embarrass him it, I, in some, public. Yeah, it was really weird. It was, it was just the verbiage was very odd. So I'm, he I'm had very, her I'm kind of worried, girl. <laughs> I'm kind of worried. <laughs> I'm worried for you. I'm worried for wifey. Oh, wifey. <laughs> girl, part, if there's a part three, send it. Yeah, we'll keep listening. We'll keep... Our, I mean, honestly, you, you clearly need to have some conversations, open conversations, like, what's up here, man? Like, Just don't do anything you're not comfortable with. I no. don't care if this guy is the man of your dreams, your husband. You do not cross that line if you don't want to. Never compromise yourself. Exactly. Yeah, it's not going to be worth it in the end. Damn, that was crazy. Part two's get. I want more. <laughs> Part three. Anyway, hopefully, we'll see. Anyway. All right, girl. Ah. Good epi. Yeah. Oh, mojitos, man. They are magic. Oh, my gosh. They're so screwing me up right now. <laughs> I just know that if I go outside and lay in the grass, I'm not going to get eaten by mosquitoes. I kind of want to go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see? Look, you're romantic, too. Let's go. See? They're your neighbor. We should just walk around with our martini glasses like, woo! I'm down. Let's do yeah, it. Let's go. All right, listeners. Keep your loved ones close. And your martini glasses closer. Boom. Was it good for you? If so, then tune in for another round because we drop these sparkling gems every Thursday. Follow us on social or stop by our website at shakedisc.com for episodes, drink recipes, and more. Two women, one podcast. Zero shame. Cheers. Cheers.